0: all right what is going on everybody welcome to the legion of birdies podcast my name is scott hogan and we are going to talk a little u.s open here as we are approaching the plane of the u.s open it's the week it's monday of the u.s open at the time of this recording and we are heading to the country club up in massachusetts so in the boston area here and uh Really excited for this one, really excited about, you know, playing a great, great golf course. I I think, you know, I I was into golf a long time ago, but when the 1999 Ryder Cup was going on, this was uh, one of those things. I remember I taped this, the final round, all the singles matches and had that on VHS, and I would watch that back all the time. So uh, really cool, excited to get back to it, excited to get back to this golf course. And, uh, you know, I talked about it in the last episode about, you know, just in general watching golf. One of my favorite things about golf is watching not only the personalities of the players, but also watching the venues they get to go to. So we'll get into that a little bit here. Um, We're going to start it off. We are going to recap a little bit of last week. We had the Live Golf Series kick off. They were over in London at uh, Centurion Golf Club, and, you know, they were doing that, and it it was actually, to be honest with you, I watched more of that than I did of the PGA Tour. Now, to be fair, um, you know, the PGA Tour, Right now, I'm in my busy time of teaching and coaching, so it, you know I'm not making an, an extreme effort to watch golf. Now, when I get a major, I tend to actually block things out and make sure I'm available for rounds. Like this Sunday, I'm not doing anything. I know I'm going to be watching the U.S. Open final round. This Saturday afternoon, I am w- going to be watching the U.S. Open final round. Um, Friday afternoon, you know, all of that, right? So it's it's not. Super common for me to watch a ton of PGA Tour golf. But I will say, you know, I was at my golf course and I'm sitting at my desk in between lessons and stuff. And, you know, it's like, hey, the Live Series is on YouTube. Let's fire it up. And it's super easy to do that. And, uh, you know, I think from that standpoint, they might actually have a little bit of an advantage because of how easy it is to watch things. Um, You know, I know you can watch a lot of the tour on... ESPN Plus, which I do subscribe to, but, you know, you got to get in there, you got to log in, you got to do the whole code thing and all that, and so I just don't feel like doing that sometimes, and I wasn't, like, super excited um, about it. So I did watch more of The Live. Um, I, I will say a couple of things about it, okay? The production was way better than I thought it would be, and the fact that it was a shotgun start was way better than I thought it would be, because... I never really thought of this, but you had all players on the course at the same time, and you weren't waiting for your players to come out to the golf course. They were just out there, and the action was shot after shot after shot. I think somebody did the stats. It was almost double the number of shots that were shown compared to the PGA Tour broadcast. Um, You know, they didn't have like a ton of that sponsor stuff. That stuff always drives me nuts. Like, hey, let's bring on the CEO of this company to talk and talk about this. Blah blah blah. We we all know like what's going on. That stuff always just like it's like, man, I tune out of that and I actually usually switch the channel during that. And you know, this tour was just golf, golf, golf. Now I didn't quite understand the team game aspect. I gotta look more into that. I was kind of confused. But I think there's a lot of things going on. And honest, honestly, they did way better than I, I thought they would. Um, I think it will be a matter of time before a TV outlet picks them up. Now, I'm interested to see how that changes things. But as far as broadcast goes, that was very, very well done. Honestly, I could see that being the future of things. Let's just watch golf. I don't want the, the other stuff. Let me just see shot after shot. Now... We did have more players sign on. Patrick Reed. It, we're hearing rumors of, you know, we had, did. We heard Pat Perez is going. Um, we do hear rumors of Harold Varner the third, who I really like. I love him actually. Uh, he's going over now. He won one of the European Tour events, I believe, in Saudi um, already. But like his only thing is, he is going to go over and play it as long as he can have membership to the European tour as well. He wants to make sure the DP World Tour will let him be a member before he goes. Him, and there's one other name that I'm blanking on, but we saw Bryson committed as well. I think after the start of it and people saw how it went, you, you it was a positive for the live tour as far as all of that stuff goes. None of the stuff changes on the political side, but as far as all the other things, it's like, man, there's some good things going on. And, and the viability of this tour, might actually be a thing. And, and we talked about it last time too, that the tour, they're not even trying to make money anyway. So talking about, is it a viable business model? When they're not trying to make money anyway, it, you know, does it need to be viable? That's, uh, that's kind of up to them. So um, it was interesting to watch. You also had on the Canadian Tour, I mean, I think the, be, or the Canadian Open, I'm sorry, on the PGA Tour, the, the pretty much the best scenario possible for the PGA Tour, you had Rory, Tony Finau, and Justin Thomas all play in the final group. You had Roy, Rory win, um, played some great golf, and he had it come down to the end with JT. So, I mean, the two best players in the field coming down, and probably the top three best players in the field at the final group. That's probably the best thing. To me, to be honest with you, I really don't like political things in my sports. I I just think that's not the place for it. The thing that made me actually turn it off was, you know, Jay Monahan getting on there and pulling his whole song and dance. It just bothers me because, you know, this is golf. And we're talking about really, really serious things. And, you know, he brought up things about 9-11, things like that. And me is, you know, me personally, I had family members involved in that. Um, being in New York that day and, you know, fortunately able to get out and survive. But, um, you know, that just doesn't sit right with me f- as somebody like that. It, it, you know, these are different things. You, you you know, starting to bring golf into that world really, really shows me that you're out of touch with things and that you are, I mean, you're a psycho. And to be honest, like I don't like it at all. And so it's just one of those weird things that happen as you go through is, is that. And it's like, hey, just leave it to the golf. Like I wish the PGA Tour would have just not done anything and just said, let the product do the talking and say, hey, we've got two of the best players on the planet, maybe three, and they're dueling. And this isn't even our marquee event. And this is a bad event, you know, in terms of who plays and things like that, the week before a major. And look at what we've got going on. I wish they would have just left it at that. But instead, they're kind of buying in and you almost like taking the bait and jumping in. And it's like, all right, you know what? Like, you want to start doing that and start talking about things. You know, I don't think it ends well if you do that. So it was an interesting week. I'm excited to get to the U.S. Open. Because, you know, after today, I think hopefully we get past things and we start getting to the golf course. And today being, you know, again, this is Monday, the big thing was Phil Mickelson had his press conference today. They think the USGA was smart, put him out first just to get it over with. And then, you know, in two days, we're going to be onto the golf course. That's at least my hope. Because I think today at the press conference, there was just nothing, there's nothing there. What I saw was the biggest thing takeaway is you have Phil Mickelson who used to want to be one of the most open, you know charismatic guys in front of the microphone. We will not get that anymore. Um, you had reporters that took advantage of him. Now that you could definitely say it was his fault. you know, you shouldn't say things, but he's always kind of done that. and you know reporters have kind of helped him out and been on his side, and then you had a reporter not on his side. This reporter made a book, went for money, tried to print that stuff that's what happened to Tiger Woods early on and it's happened again with this latest book that happened on Tiger that is why we do not get anything out of Tiger Um, we will not get anything out of Phil anymore and that's really it I mean there's nothing really to talk about he just talked about you know he gave kind of bland answers Um, he did look a little bit you know like he was calculated and he was trying to find his answers because He was. I think he was trying to go against what he would normally want to do and normally want to say, which is be a little bit more charismatic, a little bit more open. And anytime you see people that are trying to hide or just basically just hide what they really want to say or just not give you anything, that's what it looks like. You know, if you watch Phil Mickelson's interview, that's what that looks like. So it's sad. It's sad for golf. He was a big reason people watch golf. You know, he no longer will be because, you know, his personality has gone now. Obviously, he plays on live as well. But I think, you know, you will see him probably be more charismatic over there. But uh, can't really blame him. But at the same time, you can say he kind of dug his grave too, I guess. But I, I kind of tend to believe more of the, I think there's a bit of a problem in media in general where people are just, you know, they see opportunities to try to make money as writers and they, they do it. And you know, I, I, there was one really good question that was asked in the press conference, and, and Phil didn't really give an answer to it, you know, but the question was legitimate. It was, hey, we've seen other sports do it. Other sports get involved with the Saudis. We've seen... Uh, our country deals with them all the time. We we currently, I mean, there's not a person in the United States that does not have some affiliation to the Saudis because of, you know, fuel and other things that we provide them and they provide us. And it's like, you know, are you kind of mad that people are getting at you about this? And Phil, again, just deflected, didn't say what he, I'm sure he didn't say what he wanted to say, which probably would have been a big F you. But that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, you know, people want to get righteous on them and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it's that's hard. It's really hard to say that. And I don't know. It drives me nuts because, it, you know, I don't like to dive into that stuff. And I like to just talk about the golf. That's part of why we're doing this. And so that's how I felt like it. But with that, that's kind of where I want to leave it. And I do want to talk about the golf because... I am really, really excited about this golf course. I'm excited to watch it. One of the original five USGA golf courses. Um, I'm excited. It's kind of weird because on Monday, a week from today, I get to go play one of the other original golf courses, which is Chicago Golf Club, which I am super excited about. And so it's kind of getting me geared up for that. And this golf course, I think, is going to be awesome. Um, not Not super, super long. I think it's just it's just a cool golf course because when I look at it, and you can go on US you know US Open app or USGA and they have their AR their augmented reality app. But what I like is there is a mix of golf holes. You obviously have your 500 yard par fours, things like that. Um, the longest one on the scorecard being the 15th hole at 510. Um, you know you have that. But then you have your three hundred seventy-five yard par fours. You know you have a two hundred fifteen yard par three. You have a three ten par four, but you also have a hundred and thirty par three. You know, so there is a great mix of golf holes here. And so, looking through this and looking at the the uh, the course layout, the thing that's going to matter is accuracy off the tee and accuracy into the greens. These greens are tiny. They are tiny. Um, so that means you're going to have to have a short game too because you will miss greens. Um, they are super small. They're super sloped. And they're el- some are elevated. There's some slopes and stuff like that. There also is, with the tee shots, distance, in my opinion, the way it's set up, I just don't see distance being a major advantage. Because what happens on these courses, these old school courses, and this is where I think they need to be going with modern design. You know, it's not necessarily a distance problem in golf. I think we have a design problem in golf. We also have a short game problem. The shots these guys can hit with short games are crazy. But what happens is at this course, this course has little like dog legs and little quirks in the fairways at these longer yardages so if you really want to try and hit the ball really really far that's fine but you need to be precise you need to hit your line because the way everything is angling you get off slightly you will run into the rough and with how small the greens are how sloped they are you will not hit greens, and you're going to be left with very, very tough up and downs. So I think that is a awesome play by this course, and I think that's what I like because this course isn't going to play much over seven thousand, if that. But it's kind of like Marion, right? Like Marion, and uh, it's in Pennsylvania. That course is under six. It's under seven thousand. It's sixty eight hundred something like that. That course is brutal, kind of for the same reasons. It's, it's very, very tough to hit certain shots off the, off the tee. The distance gets neutralized. If you want to try to use your distance, you better be accurate. And I think that's that's a great risk-reward thing that goes on. And I would be, I'm all in for it. I usually love the U.S. The US Open because I love chaos. I love seeing things go on. And... Uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how this plays out as we go. So as we preview the U.S. Open, a couple of things that I'm looking for. I'm looking for great ball strikers, obviously. Um, A player that is in form right now that I think you need to put at the top of the list, at least for the top five, he played good at the PGA, is Matt Fitzpatrick. He won the U.S. Amateur the last time it was played here. Great ball striker. He has the mentality for this type of tournament as well. He has his short game figured out now that he chips cross-handed. He is somebody that I would love to see. Um, I would also look at other players like that. You know, we're looking for ball strikers. Obviously, you could put Justin Thomas. I I would not put Rory having a good week, to be honest you need too much wedge play here and wedge play is not his strength. Same with short game. It's just too tight of a golf course for him. And I think his length gets neutralized by the way it's designed. I think you could have somebody like JT. I think you could have somebody like Speeth. guys that can get it around. If it's not going well, I think those guys could be good. Um, I'm not, will I, I I'm always a big fan of Max Homa. He is not somebody I'm putting in there on this list. Um, I hope I'm wrong on that. i love to see him do well. But, um, you know, again, it, it kind of depends. He, I just haven't seen him play it enough as, you know, as somebody that's going on. But uh, as we're looking through the tee times, you know, that would be, I mean, it's so hard. That's the one that sticks out to me. Morikawa would be another one, although he has not been in great form currently. This actually could be a great week for somebody like a Kevin Kisner. Um You know, not the super long golf course, got to be accurate, got to be able to put the ball in place. So somebody to finish well, this is probably one of the few U.S. Opens that Kevin Kisner actually has a chance. Um, And he'd probably be the first person to tell you that going forward. But uh, I think that's something that could really fit his style. Uh, Obviously, Phil would be somebody I'd love to see win, complete the career grand slam. I don't see this being a course for him. Unless he just bet, you know, puts the driver in the bag, but I don't see him doing that. And uh, you know, yeah, as we go through, I mean, somebody like as a dark horse, you know, obviously Cameron Smith also is a, a name that's in there. You have your Scheffler and Brooks Kepka group with him. Um, I, I do like Scheffler he, again, another grinder. Somebody like Webb Simpson would be another grinder on a course like this. I really think somebody like Justin Rose could sneak his way up there and do some really great things, but it just depends on um, you know, if he can kind of keep away from that big number. So if I'm putting my money in there, my favorites kind of going in are going to be Matt Fitzpatrick, really liking him. I also like how Spieth's been playing, so I'm going to throw a little bit on him, and I'm also going to throw a little bit on Morikawa. I'm also, for some top five, uh, 20 finishes, looking at somebody like Aaron Wise as a great pick. He's been playing very good. Um, I also like somebody like, um, if we're looking really, really dark horse, I like somebody like Sam Horsfield, who's been playing good, and also like Kevin Chapel. He's not been super on form, but this is kind of a course that fits somebody that's a ball striker like him, uh, which he's a very good ball striker. Uh, he's just kind of been a little bit off form of late. So excited for it. I would love to hear your thoughts. If you want to head over and check out our YouTube, make sure you comment below on it. But uh, I think we're ready for an exciting week. It's been interesting, the golf world, and I'm hoping that we get back to just normalizing things a little bit. That would be awesome instead of worrying about all this other you know stuff going on. Let's just get back to playing golf and doing our thing and enjoying great golf courses. We have one of the best in the world, so I hope that doesn't take away from it. And, uh, you know, here we go. So uh, that's our U.S. Open preview. I'm excited for it. And uh, we'll be back talking more about it as we go through the week. Uh, thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. This has been the Legion of Birdies podcast. I'm Scott Hogan. Thanks for tuning in.